Hey everyone, Pastor Matt here. You are listening to the official podcast of the Evangelical Free Church of Canton. Our prayer is that the Word of God would both transform you and equip you to live a life unleashed for the glory of God. Our desire is that this content would not be a substitute for your regular gathering with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Instead, that it would be a supplemental boost to encourage you as you seek to follow Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now grab your Bible and let's jump into Scripture together. If you would turn with me to Deuteronomy 6. And we're going to start in verse 4, and we're going to read through the end of the chapter. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 25. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and talk to them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, and to give you with great and good cities that you did not build and houses full of good things that you did not fill and cisterns that you did not dig and the vineyards and oil trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. Him you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods and the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord your God is in your midst is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, and he destroy you from off the face of the earth. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test as you tested him in Manasseh. You shall diligently keep the commandments of the Lord your God and his testimonies and statutes which he has commanded you. And you shall do what is right and good in the sight of the Lord, that it may be, go well with you, and that you may go in and take possession of the good land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers by thrusting out all of the enemies from before you as the Lord has promised. When your son asks you in time to come, what is the meaning of the testimonies and the statutes and the rules that the Lord our God has commanded you? Then you shall say to your son, we were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt, and the Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And the Lord showed signs and wonders, great and grievous, against Egypt and against Pharaoh and his household before our eyes. And he brought us out from there and that he might bring us in and give us the land that he swore to give our fathers. And the Lord commanded us to do all these statutes, to fear the Lord our God, to for our good always, that he might preserve us alive as we are this day. And it will be righteousness for us if we are careful to do all that is commanded before the Lord our God as he has commanded us. Father, I pray that you would use this word to the Israelites, that it would apply to us today. Father, help us to learn, um, Father, what it means to teach our children your statutes, your laws, your rules, your commands, Lord, what that looks like for us today. Father, use me as um, I, I try to speak your word today. 
It's in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> so both of the teachings in Deuteronomy here through Moses and Jesus in the gospel, they teach us how to build a strong biblical foundation for our families. God's word is to have the highest priority in our home. And when you build your family on the teachings of the Bible, you build a strong foundation. In fact, Jesus tells a parable at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 7, 20, 24 through 27, he says that anyone who hears my words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. <clears throat> the winds come, the rains pour down, the, the streams rise up, and they beat against the house, and yet the house does not fall because the foundation is on the rock. Yet if you hear my words and you do not put them into practice, it's like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. The rains come down, the streams rise up, the winds blow and beat against the house, and it comes down with a great crash. See, our homes should be built on God's Word that helps us to stand strong amidst the storms of life. Christ is our solid rock. All other ground is sinking sand. And the principles of Scripture are applied to our homes and to our families. That foundation is secure. The foundation starts where exactly Moses proclaims in verse 4. The greatest commandment in 4 and 5, he says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall have love no, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And Jesus confirms that in the New Testament saying that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All the laws that God gives us hang on this truth. God wants our hearts and he commands Israel here to put God's word in their hearts. And how do we get these words in our hearts? And Moses gives us very important directives in verses 7 through 9. He says, you shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk to them when they are in your house. When you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up, you'll bind them on signs on your hands and they shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. See, this image that Moses gives us is that repetition by engraving the words on our children's hearts is what's going to bind God's word to their hearts. Consider that this is not only how we do that with our children, but we do it with ourselves too. If we want to bind God's Word to our hearts, we have to repeatedly be in God's Word. To know the Lord our God and love Him from the heart requires the knowledge of God to be impressed upon us every day, repeatedly, over and over and over again. And how is this repetition expressed? Well, we talk about God's laws when we sit in our house. How many of you sit in your house? All of us, right? <clears throat> now, sometimes when we sit in our house, we don't necessarily do it in a beneficial way, as in impressing God's Word on our hearts. We may sit on our devices or watch shows or uh, <laughs> maybe we don't even eat at the dinner table together for meals. 
Um, as I went through scripture this week and was putting this all together, I myself was convicted because recently I feel like maybe um, in, my, in my own house with my own kids, some device time takes priority just so I can make it through the day. <laughs> and so I, I, I felt convicted. Am I giving my children enough repetition in their lives to impress God's word on their heart? And guess what? We all we all fail because life gets crazy. But we have to remember, we have to come back to this. We have to come back to teaching our children repeatedly over and over again. How does that look? That looks like having conversations about the Bible, opening up the Bible and doing reading the word together, teaching them biblical concepts and principles, teach, teaching them how to read the Bible. For our young kids, they just need to know what in the world a chapter and a verse is. Or where the books are. You teach them what God says. It continues on. It says, talk about God's law whenever you walk by the road. Now, we don't often walk by the road, but we do travel in a vehicle a lot. And so when you are driving with your kids, what takes place in your vehicle? Is it pure chaos? (laughs) Sometimes that's like my vehicle. Maybe you just crank the music up so much that you can't hear what they're what they're doing. But there's another opportunity for you to ask Bible questions when you pick them up from Wednesday nights. Ask them about their study, what they learned. Ask them about their memory verse. If you're not sure, just start asking questions from Genesis all the way through Revelation. Ask them questions. Who's your favorite Bible character? Did you know that this happened in the Bible? You take an opportunity to talk about God when you're traveling with your kids. You think about what your your kids <clears throat> go through at school during the day. And you you ask them about their day and and how it went and you remind them were you Christ-like today? Did you act like Jesus to your friends? Do you remember what God has called you to be? At the end of the day, do you talk about their day and how they lived for Christ? This is ways to impress God's Word into their heart, to keep God as the forefront of their mind and of their hearts. And finally, that passage finishes, write them on your doorposts of your house and on your gates, in our homes, Do our homes show the importance of God? Does our home reflect lives lived for God? Is our home saturated with God's love? As parents, we always, do we always show that God is of the utmost important? Importance. God is always, should always be second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Let's rewind that. (laughs) God is always second to none. (laughs) The worship of God is never second place. Alright? God is never second to school. Or to work. Or to hobbies. Or to activities. Or to sports. Or to community service. Or to any other activity that may interfere with it. God should be number one. He is above all else.
And so what are you telling your children when they come home and work, homework is priority or you prioritize work or you prioritize Girl Scouts or school or baseball or anything like that? What do you teach your kids that the highest priority is? Is it God? Or is it all of these other things that we make time for first? We have to consider that what we as parents are doing in our actions is also going to be impressed in their hearts. So are we living for Christ in our own homes? It's the job of every mother and father to impress into the the hearts of our children the words that God uses through repetition. Parenting does not fall on just one person, but both mother, father, even grandparents, and even you as the church. Because we're called as Christians to be brothers and sisters in Christ, right? We are family. One parent cannot undermine the other parent. One parent cannot establish the importance of God's word, and the other parent does not. Because inconsistency destroys the ability to truly impress God's word onto our children's hearts. Moses continues on teaching because he's giving warning to the Israelites as they are about to go into the promised land. In verses 10 through 19, he warns them. Of what may come. And we do find does come because the Israelites often turn away from the Lord. But in verses 19, 10 through 19, God reminds the people that everything they have given is given by who? It's given by God. And why say that here in the midst of talking about repetition and, and getting God's word everywhere in your children's life. And then the last part says, talking about this, how do I inform my children what good is God's commands? Why does he put that in here? Because we have to learn for ourselves and teach our children that everything that we have comes from God. It's a warning that we ourselves can get caught up in our flesh nature And we can say, oh, look at all the stuff I've done. Look at all the stuff we have. And the warning in verses 11 and 12, it says, talks about the good things that they did not fill and the cisterns they did not dig and the vineyards and the oil trees that they did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then you should take care that you do not forget the Lord who has brought you out of the land of Egypt. This is the great temptation from God's blessing. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. We have God's blessing and he provides for us. And yet in the midst of that we miss the mark sometimes in recognizing God has done that for us. We take all of God's blessing and we become so satisfied that we forget the Lord. And we have to remind ourselves, we have to remind our children that what we have comes not from our own hands, but from God. And then to finish up the passage, we're looking at verses 20 through 25. And this is where it comes to what do we teach our children? Moses finally speaks of a time when our children are going to ask questions. 
They're going to ask, what does it mean that the Lord has commanded this? And they're going to ask, why are we doing what we do? In the beginning, when our children are young, we just we teach them to do certain things so that they can function. And that's just what mom and dad say. That needs to be how it how it happens. And yet, as they get older, we need to explain to them why it is we do this. Moses highlights the importance of deliberate strategies for transmitting our faith. Faith doesn't happen by accident, nor does faith happen by bringing them to to church or to classes. The command is not from God saying that you bring your children to the priests for teaching, but it's the parents who must transmit their faith. Now, we do come alongside of you and help, but it's the parents' primary responsibility to give the concepts of faith to their children. And so your children, they're going to ask why. They're going to ask, why do we have to obey? Why are we going to go do this? Why do we go worship? Why do we study the Bible? Why do we do good to others? Why do we keep God's laws? It's a lot of whys, and maybe you sometimes get tired of why. But in the whys, you have to notice that Moses here, he doesn't say that we are to enforce unquestioned obedience. We have to let them ask why, and then we have to explain. <clears throat> Look at verses 21 through 25. Here's us explaining. What do we explain? First, we tell them that we obey because of all that God has done for us. For the Israelites, it's that He brought them out of Egypt and He showed signs and wonders and changed Pharaoh's heart and his household to let them go. We must share with our children the mercy and the grace of God that's happened in our lives. We have to teach them about the cross of Jesus and what that means for us. We have to teach them how we were slaves in sin and how God brought us out of that slavery by His mighty hand. We have to tell them about the hope of eternity that we are looking forward to because of God's rescue We have to speak of all the good that God has done and continues to do for us. And when we do that, we share the good news with our children. We impress upon them what God is doing in our lives. Second, we have to teach them about God's faithfulness. In verses 23 through 24, it talks about how He brought them out and that He has a land promised to them. God has done what He has promised. We have to recognize God is faithful in what He says He's going to do. He promised, he promises to rescue us and he blesses us and God always keeps his word. He always does what he says. And so when we read God's word, we have to depend upon him. We have to trust that he is going to fulfill his promise. God gives us hope. God gives us help. God gives us all that we need and he is faithful to do it. And third, we have to teach our children that God's commands are for our good, as stated in 24 and t- verses 24 and 25. The Lord has commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, 
that he might preserve us alive as we are this day and that we will be righteous. It will be righteousness for us if we are careful, careful to do all that is commanded before the Lord, our God, as he has commanded us. We shouldn't teach our children that we have to obey. We shouldn't teach them that we have to go to church. We shouldn't teach them that the things that we do for the Lord are out of obligation. What we should be doing is teaching them a desire for God. Because in their desire for the Lord, they will want to come to church. For their desire for the Lord, they're going to want to obey. For their desire of the Lord, they're going to want to do whatever service they can for Christ. We have to consider what Jesus teaches. And in fact, if we look at Matthew 13, 44, it says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and covered up. And then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. He's not made to go buy that field. He does it out of what? He does it out of his joy. He does it out of his desire. He wants to give everything up for Jesus. And this is what we have to communicate in our families. This is what we have to communicate to our children. We want to make sacrifices for the Lord. We want to put God first and make the job, the school, the hobbies, the activities second. In essence, we are doing this because of what God has done and that we have a desire to obey His commands. The point is that obedience to God is the only right response to the saving acts of God. This is what we are teaching our children. This is what we are impressing on their hearts by repetition. We are careful with God's law. And we love God's law because of what God has done for us. Because His laws are for our good. Because God is faithful to His word and His commands are for our good and for our righteousness. Moses declares how God's words are to be on our hearts. We need God's word impressed into our hearts through repetition. Did you get that? I don't think I've said it enough. Through repetition. It is a picture to parents that raising children in the ways of the Lord does not happen by accident. It's essentially God is calling for parents to be parents. And you have to do it every single day. Even if it may drive you crazy. Even if you want to give up yourself, you've got to remember you're training your next, the next generation. You're training the next generation to follow after the Lord and how you respond is what they're going to see. Parents have been given direct authority by God to raise, train, instruct, discipline, and lead their children. You're in charge of what they learn, not somebody else. And that's what we're impressing on their heart by repetition. We are careful with with what we do and what we say. And us as the church here, I just want you to know, I love your kids. I love when they come. It's good to see them here. I love training them in the ways of following after the Lord through Scripture. However, I'm only going to see them about 20% of their life. I know I've probably said this before, but you as parents, you're going to see them 80% of the time. And so what's going to trump what where they're taught? The 80% or the 20? The children's ministry at this church, we're here to support you. 
as families, as you train your own children. We will give your children biblical-based teaching and truth every time they step into this church, into one of our classrooms, into one of our programs. We will provide a place for learning to occur and a place where they can question the things of God and receive biblical guidance. We will provide a place for your children so that you can take time to grow and be fed. But we will not be enough without you as the parents helping at home. If you don't have children or your children are grown and out of the house, then look around you, church family. You have children that are here. You have a family that is here through the body of Christ that you can train and disciple and teach. And you can use what Moses has taught as the tools to impress God's law onto their hearts, onto your hearts, so that will be counted as righteousness to you. If you do have children, these tools are ways for us to impress God's laws onto their hearts so that they will love the Lord and be right. It will be counted as righteousness to them. Parents, we have no greater goal than to teach our children to know the Lord. We cannot save them. We cannot make them love God. We cannot make those decisions for them. But we can impress God's word upon them. We can impress God upon them so much that they will understand who God is and have every opportunity to choose God. We must set them on the right path. But how difficult will it be for our children to find the right path if we do not start them down at first? So, church family, as we proceed into the rest of the year, as we wrestle with what it looks like to be a people possessed by God, how are we communicating that in our homes? How are you living that out for your children, for those that see you every day? Are you impressing God's word upon their heart repeatedly? Let us take the first step together. By opening our Bibles when we get home today. To read together as a family as we bind God's word to our hearts and to our children's hearts. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. Father, that we may open it up and we may see this love story that you have written for us. From the beginning of creation, Father, to things that have not yet been fulfilled. God, and I pray that as we read this, that we would let your truth sink into our hearts, that we would bind them to ourselves, Lord, that we may be a great example to our children. Lord, that we would be courageous to open your word and just to read to our kids at home. Lord, that we would ask them questions. God, and when we struggle, let us stop and take time to pray to you to help us through those struggles, to answer the questions our kids may be asking. Let us seek guidance through your word. Lord, and I thank you for these families that got up on the stage today and said, we want to raise our children following after you. Father, I pray that you would use them greatly, just as Hannah dedicated Samuel, Lord, And that you used Samuel for so many things.
for your kingdom, I pray that you would use these kids in the same way. Father, that they would be ones that would stand firm for your son because of what they are learning in their homes to follow after Christ. Father, that they would be courageous in speaking to their friends and to those they interact with. Father, maybe even family members. Father, that your word would ring true, that Jesus would be the light of all of these kids, that they would be the light for us as well as we proclaim to the nations that your son is the only way to get to you. Lord, help us as a church to disciple these children in a way that pursues you. Help us to come along these families to give them loving encouragement and in, in, in words of grace and truth as they work through raising their children. Father, we thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for your son. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.